Welcome to episode 419 of Troubadours and Tours with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. On this week's episode, we have a wonderful conversation with New York City-based multidisciplinary artist and director, among other things, Rob Roth. This is the second time he's been on our program, I'm happy to say. And we focus mainly on his new film titled Blondie, Viver en la Habana. And what went into the making of it with the themes, the soul, the crux of it all is. And that takes us to other discussions regarding humanity, to say the least. Wonderful conversation with Rob Roth this week. We also have an EWSA titled T for Three. And our associate producer, Dr. Michael Pavis, shares an excerpt from an article titled Dreaming of Debbie by Lisa Lentini, published in the March 1st, 2021 edition of Spin Magazine. And we have a poem called Mantras. All of this, of course, is imbued, infused with the wonderful energy of several great tunes. It is so nice to have you with us. Let's get to it then. Episode 419 of Troubadours and Rock-On Tours. Yeah. 
T for three. I remember watching an art house film starring Parker Posey. She has such screen presence and an eccentric sort of vulnerability. It's hard not to be enamored. My early dreams last night, while laying happily next to my wife, included a visit from Jerry Garcia of the Grateful Dead. He is dead and has been since the 1990s. I remember hearing about it on the radio when I lived in South Royalton, Vermont. In response, I stood on the roof of the second-floor apartment I was renting and listened to a cassette tape of the band. Two of my professors walked by on the dirt road below and waved. A train passed on the tracks elevated across the way. The engineer pulled the chain to blow its horn as the clink, clank, clunk continued on and faded into the day. I once attended a mesmerizing concert in the 1980s when I was in high school that featured on stage the band and the Grateful Dead. My friend we call Cab and I stood next to each other in the upper deck seats of Syracuse's Carrier Dome for four hours, getting high, dancing, singing, smiling, feeling connected to thousands and to each other, to ourselves. It was a great social gathering and celebration. Jerry, in my dream, walked onto a front porch carrying a teapot. He placed it on the banister and asked me how I was doing. He leaned back on the outside wall next to the window, put his foot on the banister next to the teapot, and listened. I couldn't hear what I was saying, but he seemed to respond with a look that communicated a notion of, lighten up, man, have some tea. That's what I remember. I suppose I would go and gather some cups, and I'd like to invite Ms. Posey to join us, too. Tea for three, Jerry Garcia, Parker Posey, and me, and perhaps you. Peace.
Is that you? It's me. All right. It's so nice to have you on Troubadours and Rock on Tours once again. Yeah, I know. Again. Again. I have to post pre and post pandemic, I guess. <laughs> I hope we're post. Yeah, I hope so. Well, posting, trying, getting there. Rob Roth is a multidisciplinary artist and director based in New York City. He has continually combined a variety of media in his distinctive works of art using theater, film, audio, and performance. His work has been showcased at the New Museum for Contemporary Art, the Museum of Arts and Design, and the Whitney Museum of American Art, among others. He has conceived, staged, and performed in numerous theatrical works that have generated and garnered great acclaim, such as his 2018 theater-film hybrid titled Soundstage, Roth has directed the music video Doom or Destiny by Debbie Harry, a.k.a. Blondie, featuring Joan Jett, which appeared on several Best of 2017 lists. He was creative director for Debbie Harry's New York Times best-selling memoir titled Face It. 
Something, something uh, happening right now, very exciting stuff, is the premiere of a short film at several film festivals internationally, including the great Tribeca Film Festival that Rob directed, titled Blande Viver en la Habana. Troubadours and Rock on Tours is very happy to have once again on the program artist Rob Roth. Wow, you do a lot of work. It seems the way you read that, I guess, though, but I'm, I've been sitting on my ass for a year, so I don't know. <laughs> makes me feel like, did I do all that? When? But, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're just, like, coming. The, the funny thing about the film is that it was supposed to come, you know, come out in 2020, probably online, and then it got shelled, and that's how now it's in all these festivals. So it kind of, you know, I don't know the upside of a pandemic. It kind of wouldn't have happened this way. So in a way, I'm kind of surprised and pleased, I guess, well, that I, it's getting. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm really impressed <laughs> uh, at, at how much um, attention it's getting. And, and to be in, in these very um, esteemed festivals says a lot about the, 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 uh, the sh- it's a short film, right? And yeah, how, yeah. How long is it? It's 18 minutes, about almost 20. It's like 18, uh, 18.05 or something like that. And it it uh, basically documents and, and has a narrative component uh, that uh, surrounds a trip that you took with, with Blondie um, and Deb, Debbie Harry, your friend, mm-hmm. uh, to Cuba a couple of years back. And you were there for about a week or so. Is that right? With, yeah, it's funny. I, we were talking about it because, you know, press and stuff. I was like, how long were we there? <laughs> but it turns out it was seven days. Um, and there were two shows. Um, so back to back each night at this great theater in Havana. Um, yeah. And they had never been there before. So that was kind of why I decided to pit, you know, pitch it. And usually there, people come to me and say, what would you do for this? And that was the first thing I think I've ever pitched on my own out of, you know, just saying we need to document this because it's never happening again. And so somehow we, it, I, I did it. <laughs> I, don't, I still don't know actually how it was kind of insane. Were you doing the camera work too? Uh... Some of it, not, not all of it. Um, Nick Wisner, who I call him the Indiana Jones of cinematographers because he is I mean, he's amazing. He's an incredible cinematographer, but he also is like, it was just he and I, really. I mean, we did have other cameramen for the, the live shows um, who didn't speak English. And luckily, Nick also is fluent. He's from originally from, um, God, where is he from originally? Uh, Colombia. And so that was a real help, you know, but he is like, he he'll just, he's down for anything. And we shot almost all of it on 16 millimeter and eight millimeter real film, which was beautiful, really, really beautiful. I'm happy, but it was also the most stressful thing. Get getting it there and getting the equipment there to a communist country. And then hoping that the film was exposed correctly. You know, I mean, I hadn't worked in film film in so long that it was like, wow, this is, uh, stressful, but it was also an adventure, which I love. So. Oh, and don't you have to keep uh, 16 millimeter and 18 and 8 millimeter in, in a, a, certain, a certain temperature? Yeah, I mean, I think he put it in the mini bar of the hotel. <laughs> you know, it was very like, wow, okay, fingers crossed. And it had to go through all the scanning stuff. And, and I don't know if you've ever been to Cuba or Havana, but when you go with that kind of thing, you, 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 you have to have this very, very 
meticulous itemized list of everything you're bringing in. And if you do not have the same stuff going out, there's problems, you know, so you have to have the exact same lenses, the exact same, you know, because all the black market or all of that. So that was, you know, another thing. And then also checking, we didn't want to check the, the, you know, his cameras for, for damage. So I had one, he had what we had to carry it on. I mean, it was really like kind of uh, different than my usual treks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause you... it was amazing. It was amazing. Havana is so, uh, so amazing. Yeah, I, it's it's sort of like, from what I understand, it, it's a it's a period place. You know, you're it's it's a different period in time, almost uh, uh, f- f- frozen in that time. Yeah, you. That's why I'm so glad, even though it was challenging to shoot on film, it added the fact that it is real film and not a filter like most people do now to make things look film. It's actual film. It it looks like a timeless. You don't really know what time you know it is with the cars and the the the, the, it's just amazing there especially at night i didn't get a lot of night shots because it's very hard to light that because it's very dark there but i i at night sometimes didn't know where i was or what what year it was it's so mysterious and um you know there's not uh anything to really give you a a sense of where what like that it's too but 2019 when we were there there was you know there's also like not a lot of people on phones which is actually kind of nice so it was yeah it was like a dreamlike place and uh, there were a couple of different uh, several different themes that you break it down into i was reading uh, a little summary of it um do you want to want to get into that well originally it's funny I, i tried to make a short film that was big i think that's how i described it and i was going to do three i have it in three separate parts and they're they're cut up into air fire and water uh not in that order water fire air and they were originally going to come out separate like one a day online or something and then when we put them all together i just realized it just it flowed really well and worked so i said well let's just keep it as one complete film and um in each one, yeah, I, I just touch upon ideas and, you know, the idea about music and the ideas about New York and Havana's cultural hubs and also a little bit into, you know, little politics about our relationship to that, you know, country. Um, and then also, you know, I mean, I guess it's written in some of the things, the fact that Chris Stein, who is the one who was the the reason this happened. He wanted to go to Havana his whole life. And we, that's how it kind of came. And, and the Ministry of Culture was doing this kind of cultural exchange stuff. And, and so anyway, it happened. And on the way to the airport, I found out he wasn't going. <laughs> so that was kind of the big surprise. And that's kind of in the last part of it. Um, and we won't reveal that now. Well, I mean, it's like, it's in some things written. So, but it's just, it's still... I don't know if it's a spoiler alert. I mean, it's a short film, but it is a, it's, it made the whole thing a little um, bittersweet. So it, I mean, visually it's captivating. Uh, and, and then thematically, you know, um, it, is it, is it poignant? I think in some sections it is. I mean, you're asking the person who made it. So I don't, I don't know how, you know, I, I have yet to sit, in front, with an audience to watch it and how it is react you know 
I, it's only played in um, one festival in Italy, which I couldn't go to. But <clears throat> um, I think it did well, but I wasn't there. So it's hard to know what the, the poignant moments are. I do know that the, the, you know, the nice thing is the Tribeca Film Festival, the curator did say it was one of her top five favorite once she watched, which is really nice to know because she watches everything. Right. <laughs> so that was kind of a nice thing to hear. Um, I just did what I wanted. I mean, that's the upside of not having any money. You know, it was, it was like a budget of so, so low, but you don't, you really do get to do what you want. I mean, that is, that is always the exchange of, if you don't have a lot of investors or a lot of, you know, money people, they will then in the post or even on the shoot, try to dictate or try to whatever. And I didn't have that. I just did literally whatever I wanted. And it took a, a year to, to do the post because it was such a low budget. I had to do like kind of favor stuff with people. So anyway, but that's the upside is that, you know, I got to make, I don't know, the thing I wanted to make. So, and, and when, when you, um, when you sit back and, uh, you know, you reflect on what influences your approach, you know, you, mm. you are a theater person, you're, mm. uh, you're, you're a music person, you're a painter, you do mm. a lot of different things. Can, could you see, we talked about this last time. I remember it was fascinating mm. how a lot of times you paint when you're doing theater. Oh yeah. I always said, um, I think one of the funny things, if there's someone younger who's like, do you have any advice, you know? And I, I, advice is so, it, it just doesn't work for me. You know, I, I don't know what to tell anyone because everyone's story is different. But I, I do say, take a painting course. And they always look at me like I'm kind of crazy. But I, it is the most fundamental advice I can give because it has everything. You, you just learn about, at least I did. So I approach everything that way. And, I, and with the film, too, I, I think in the beginning there was a producer who was, I guess challenged by how I was approaching it and they didn't understand my the, you know the structure I was I was layering it basically you know I didn't even know I was doing three sections until a certain point it's not like I go in I kind of layer it all like a painting and then I'll go back and do another layer and, and it kind of that's kind of my my process I suppose with not just film but theater too I mean I have a really obviously a very strong desire and idea fundamentally but as far as like editorially and um, animation I it's like a layering process so it doesn't some people don't work well that way <laughs> and, and if it's layered correctly in your view based on what you're trying to accomplish what comes out of it I think it just becomes a bit more poetic for lack of a better way of I mean I I said to the um editor Ben who is young you know this young guy and he I'd never I'd never worked with him before and I liked him but as we were beginning you know of it it was he was uh, rigid you know he had a and I said to him at one point I said I am going to turn you into a poet if it kills me and I kind of did you know at the end we laugh about it he really really did at a certain point figure out what I was talking about and go for it. I think I, I think it's also because I'm very like, just try it, do it. If I don't like it, I'll tell you, you know, don't get so um, restricted because of your commercial world. You know, then that I understand how that happens because I worked in, I still work in it. It's, it can be very, 
you know, fear based, like, oh, I'm going to do it wrong or it's not, it's too weird, you know, and I just go, just go, go for it, go far and I'll pull back when I don't like, it. I'll just tell you and find, find the rhythm, you know, find, it's like music. Editing is like music to me. It's, it's a musical way of, it's like beats and pauses and how it flows and um, what images you can juxtapose, you know, like it, it's, I love editing. I mean, if I could, you know, it's another thing I have done, but <clears throat> um, I, I was lucky to, to get Ben. He was great. Yeah. And, and the, I like the poetry part based on what I would imagine if you're, you're there for seven days and you have all, I'm sure you had much, much more than 18 minutes worth of material. Not uh, too much more. <laughs> really? Well, think about it. I mean, I didn't have the budget to get that many rolls of film. Okay. So you, you know, that was the other challenge is math. Mathematically, I am terribly challenged, but it is about the length of literally the length of film that you have and how many minutes. So I was, I see I had to be, that's another thing. I had to go back in my usual way and say, okay, I have to be a little more um, uh, restrictive about, or, or make better choices about what we're shooting. You know, like don't meander and just blah, 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 because we don't have that much. We literally don't have that much spool, you know? So, and I, and we, we pretty much squeezed out everything. And, but luckily everything was beautiful. There's, there's really, you know, rarely anything in it that I was like, oh, why did I do that? You know? Is it chronological, you know, pretty much based on mm, your experience? Kinda, not not really. It's more of a kaleidoscope of what happened. I mean, it's more of a portrait and a meditation. You know, everyone's like, "Oh, it's a documentary." I'm like, "It is a doc," but it kind of it it documents. It's more of a portrait of uh, of a moment that happened because we didn't get to go deep. You know, we were there for seven days. It was kind of crazy. Um, the the theater, although as you know, beautiful and amazing, was technically very difficult. You know, I thought I thought we were gonna blow the circuits at one point and um but but the, the the real thing about it is the 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 energy that i try i tried to capture what the the energy of the people who came to see the show and the people we met in the street because nick can you know he can converse he it was it, i had a little bit more because of nick and his language you know that he could speak i had a little more access so we got to really meet people, but we didn't go deep, deep, like all over the island or there for three weeks or, you know, so it's a bit, it's like a, a, a mini portrait of what happened. And, and how does, how does Debbie Harry and, and Chris Stein, I know Chris wasn't there, but he narrates from what I understand too. How, how do they fit into all of this? Well, that's the thing is Chris wanted to go his whole life. He's fascinated with Cuba and, and it's because of him. And so he does you know, he has his comments about it all. And Debbie, it was as like everything. It was like an adventure. And she is totally excited and open to seeing what it would be, be like. And they, you know, the funny thing, too, is when they worked with the Cuban musicians, because it was a two night, uh, you know, of different bands, of, of Cuban bands and them. And some of them sat in with Blondie. And they, I was there for rehearsal. It, it really, they did not have a very long rehearsal they didn't have a lot of time but it was amazing and it's kind of this amazing thing about music where you can just if if you're really proficient and get it you can just drop in and just kind of you know pick it up and and get it and and it, so that was really for me really 
personally amazing to watch because I'm not, I mean, I, I perform and I sing, but I don't play any instruments. So that was amazing to watch. And, and were, were they uh, doing tunes that were Blondie tunes as well as some of the tunes that are, are more um, in line with the musicians from Cuba? Well, or- they sat in on two, two Blondie songs. The Tide is High, obviously, because that's kind of this, you know, Caribbean reggae uh, song of Blondie. So that was great. And we put the horns in, and that was just amazing to have the live horns. And they also uh, did Rapture with a conga player, you know, this amazing conga player. And that was very cool. So it had, you know, it just kind of like added, it was a nice fusion. I thought it was really cool. I mean, I knew that this this was never going to happen again. <laughs> so I, I was happy that I pushed hard to at least document it in a tiny short, but at least it exists. And, and uh, this this is a, a long relationship, really, that you have with Debbie, isn't it? You guys are friends for quite some time now. Yeah, I don't even know how long. I think I... We met in 95, I think. I mean, you know, I don't know. What's that math? I'm terrible with. See, that's why I was bad with the spools of um, film. (laughs) In the the bar that he kept in the the, uh, refrigerator of the... the Yes, of the mini bar. Of the mini bar. I have to ask. I can't, you know, it was so fast and furious that I'd have to ask Nick, like, how did we do that again? (laughs) And, you know, I'm really fascinated by how multifaceted you are as an artist uh and all the friendships you have i mean you mm. you're talented obviously but you know you must really be a pretty cool person because you have <laughs> you have some of the coolest friends i noticed because we you know I, we're, we connect through instagram and you're friends with parker yeah. posey you know who oh, yeah, i've always had a crush yeah. on <laughs> you know oh well who hasn't yeah i know she's amazing yeah and and debbie no, harry and so on and so yeah, on and yeah, so on yeah I mean, is it? Yeah, but that's just New York, really. I mean, that's like, I mean, it's not about that. I, I, you, I mean, you say I'm, you think I'm a cool person, but I'm sure there's many who would disagree with you. But I, as far as the people I know, they're all artists. You know, I, I, I know, I love artists. I love actually, I love people. So a lot of my friends are creative, interesting people. I mean, some of them are more famous than others, but. You know, I mean, Parker and I are also the exact same age, so we have all the same references and all the same kind of, you know, take on that. Um, and so, but it's also, like I was going to say, it's, it's New York. I mean, that's how I know, you know, you just meet people in New York when you're doing theater and film and music and, you know, it's inevitable. So, uh, I mean, I've met many, many people. It doesn't mean I ended up becoming really good friends with them. <laughs> no, no. Some people are uh, better personalities than others. I'm sure. I mean, one thing that I hang out with a lot of artists, too. I love artists. Uh, yeah. Uh, the ego is a big thing, right? And also... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The sense of insecurity. <laughs> when that can make things weird, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. we all have it. I yeah. have it, too. So I get it. It's, and it comes and goes. And it... Also, there's different levels. I mean, I'm not anywhere near there, you know, like like Parker or Rebecca Hall or, all, you know, my friends who are really, you know, I forget sometimes. But it's all the same kind of thing. It's just different levels. You know, everybody has these kind of insecurities or um, it's very hard, particularly perform like actor. I mean, you're putting yourself literally out there on film for, you know, and so it's it's nerve wracking, whereas I think a painter at least has a more 
um, you know, private time until they reveal it. It's not, it's different, but it's still the same idea of like, okay, I'm giving this to the world. <laughs> yeah. Know? Uh-oh. And do they care? Happen? Right. Yeah, do they care or, I mean, I always, my new thing though is if I can sit with it, and like, like I, this, like the film, for example, I would do a lot of stuff different, but I can sit with it. I, I, I can, you know, I, I wish I had more money and time and, you know, I wish I had done a, fe a feature length, all of these things I can think of. But generally, if I can sit and watch it and, you know, and sit with it and be like, okay, I, I you know, yeah, I did that next. <laughs> Right. You know, it's it's not anything to be um, upset or embarrassed about. If other people don't get it, hey, that's going to happen. But you're good with oh, it. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, there's so many people who are not going to like it. I mean, I've had, you know, I've had mixed reviews on things and it's disappointing, but I haven't, I don't know if I've ever been totally slammed. I mean, I've had a, uh, my first tabloid um, thing was in the, uh, the UK, which was very funny because it was so stupid. And then I was also recently this thing keeps happening with this other Rob Roth, who is this, uh, uh, he's a director of like Beauty and the Beast on Broadway, you know, and they keep using my photo for all his like scandals <laughs> and, or whatever. And I, so I had to finally get a publicist to change it. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's absurdist and kind of funny. I mean, it's not when you're in it as the person from outside, it's quite, I mean, it's kind of a good idea for a film. It is. It is. It is. You should, that should be your next project, baby. I, I, believe me, I've thought about it. I'm the real Rob Roth, you know, yeah. or something the, to the. I'm the poor one. You're the rich one. But it's just, it's just very funny. The whole, you know, how, uh, particularly now, how how press and social media stuff is. It's so, I don't know. It's like on steroids or something. It's so, it's so much of it, you know. Yeah. Um, for, Good and bad. Good and bad. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I guess so. It's 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 hard to sift through it. I mean, you're uh, you and I are about the same age, I, I believe. So we have similar mm -hmm. references too. And mm -hmm. and um, you know, not so long ago, you had the opportunity, and you didn't realize it, to be disconnected more easily yeah. than you. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was wonderful. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Also about um, Havana. I mean, you know, there's a lot of bad you know situations there with their their system and communism you know but there's also i'm telling you there were barely anyone on phones and i just felt like i was watching i mean it's even in the film i was just watching people skateboard and play and talk i mean there were no phones no one was like so there, that to me was really interesting and i thought you know well what is that what is that like you know what how are they going to be different than you know our stru our structure here with everyone like literally looking down constantly <laughs> I mean, it's very weird if you really you know especially in the city if you if you stop for a moment and look up so many people are looking down like yeah. at their phones it's a very strange um thing so i think they're missing stuff and i think we're adjusting because it's so new you know too i think it's just a new Form of addiction. Another it is, one. It is a, that's, that's a great. That's a great word to use. It is definitely an addiction. There's no oh, doubt. Oh, it's another one. There's an. It's a new one. Yay! Another one to get addicted to. <laughs> you know, it's always something. So, Rob Roth, by the way, we're talking mm. with New York City-based multidisciplinary artist and director. 
and uh, multidisciplinary. Is that right? Is that the right word? <laughs> yeah. Like I it, mean, it, it always changes that word. It's like, you know, it used to be multimedia and then it was, uh, uh, I don't even remember, now multidisciplinary. I'm sure that there'll be a new word for it. Lunatic, I really should say. Well, uh, you're very dynamic and and, uh, <laughs> and and you have, you definitely have the, the eye, the heart, the soul from what I garner, just talking with you a couple of times, of, of an artist. And that... That leads me to wonder, you know, how often are you taken aback by just your everyday navigation of the world? Oh, um, frequently. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I particularly um, in the last, I mean, I watched, I don't know, this is the first thing that came to my head was I watched that QAnon um series on i think it's on hbo yep i've been watching into the storm or whatever it's called and i i I mean i was half totally fascinated and half totally horrified and it's just this you know so i guess that's i don't know if that's answering your question i mean that took me aback like i just thought wow we are really i'm gonna say screwed i remember the last time we did this i was cursing left and right so (laughs) i apologize for that i i whoever has to bleep me out I felt really bad that person had to do that so anyway we are screwed you know with with the the I don't know just this whole new world um I mean that was the dumbest cult ever if you could you know it's real culty it still exists it's not over yeah I, I shouldn't say yeah you're right it is totally gonna but it's like of all the cults it's kind of the dumbest cult because there's no real leader you don't know who it is. It's an invisible. It's bizarre. You're not you Q, are you? Cool. Maybe you're Q. I don't know. Well, I've been Q forever. I mean, <laughs> Q used to mean a lot of other. Oh yeah. Like, you know, queer and this and that. But uh, Q is. I mean, it's so. Um, it just shows how easy it is to kind of corral people now into. You know, I know it's nothing new. There's like the snake oil salesman who came to town, and or the or the you know the, the preacher who told everyone they're going to hell and they have to do but so it's it's you know it's in that same kind of manipulation but it's on this scale of like right it's the scale nobody knows who it is yet they still believe this is a real person and the, the, what this is wild wild so i knew i don't know if i digressed but no that, no that, that takes me aback lately that has taken me aback well you know i i was at a a, a baseball practice one of my sons and i was talking to this guy who's a very nice guy in many ways our boys are playing baseball together and then he starts going off on q philosophy <laughs> and i'm standing there like oh my gosh what do i do you know back up slowly <laughs> i just took it in i just listened to him and i would say things that uh were affir- affirming but not agreeing like oh really yeah that's yeah. interesting and it was i felt afterwards very very torn because again he seems like a nice guy but he obviously is not because the things that he's talking about you know in the context of q are racist anti-semitic you know crazy oppressive so it's it's hard to tell who's who and what's what and it's sad and and we are in a bad uh, spot i think as you said where are we going how how do you how do you get through when you when Uh, you realize when you're taken aback in 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 this way oh i just i mean i i I'm taken aback, but I also, I don't know, my um, my experience in life has been it's always, you know, I, I'm always meeting people who have wackadoo ideas. And I, everybody wants to feel 
right. That that was the one thing I told somebody recently. I said our biggest problem, well, just so many problems, not the biggest. One of the things I've noticed in America is we we have a very hard time saying, oh, I was wrong, or I'm sorry. It's it's a it it isn't part of our like story. You know, like you, everyone has to be right about everything. It's just, it, it has to, and also has to have a reason. Oh, you're, you don't have a good job because bl- bl- these people took it away from you, which isn't the truth. It's so much more complex and deep than that. But it's just, you, they need someone to blame and then feel that they're right. You know, it, it's, it, that's what I've noticed is no one can say, wow, I was wrong, you know, or oof, that was, you know, I'm sorry, I, I, I made a mistake. It's always to the grave, it seems, that people are like, nope. <laughs> right. I was right. Nope. It's the it's this. It's that. It's the Russians. It's the Mexicans. It's this. I mean, it's just like wow. Okay, but it's easy for that's the easy way. That's why people. It's in my opinion, it's easy to say stuff like that. It's more. It's harder to dig deeper and understand. <clears throat> you know, the more complex reasons. Right. In modern in modern world, why we are where we are. And you think that's pretty unique to the United States, our citizens, our fellow citizens. I, well, well, I can only say that because I live here. I, I'm sure it's um, I mean, there's many, many problems like this in Europe. And I mean, it's humans. Let's face it. That's the other thing. It's not I don't think it's unique to America. I think we have our own brand of it. <laughs> I think we're very good at it. You know, that's our kind of, you know, it's this uh, um, kind of was like what happened even in, even now with uh biden there's a there's a strange um what would you call it like this this uh not nationalism because that's really extreme but like this pride in one's country and that's fine but exceptionalism like exception yeah, yeah it's like i don't you know you're 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 i don't know peddling this to the wrong person for me it's just like i don't know about that but hey again it's it's people people are flawed we all are I am everyone. I mean, you never can, you know, you have to keep learning. You're com- constantly going to stumble. And that's the point. And I don't think people, I think it's really about perfection now. Everyone wanting to be, I mean, I feel bad for kids. You have a son. I feel bad for kids who are on social media and everything has to be perfect. Like they don't have this, this development time off camera, you know, like that, that I did when I grew up. Like you didn't, have this um or even in the arts like like you know spending 10 years downtown performing and developing without <laughs> having someone 10 people shoot you on a phone and post it the next day you know it, it, or in school you know these kids like it it has this psychological um effect i think where you're trying you're, you're afraid to almost do anything maybe i could be wrong but rob roth <laughs> Wonder- Here I am on my, my tiny soapbox. No, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. I love your soapbox. <laughs> so we're just about out of time for, uh, for this conversation. Oh. I'd love to have you on again. Do you want to you want to sum it up with a with a with a I don't know a phrase a word? Do you want to send a message out to the throngs of listeners? Carry on, carry on, keep carrying on. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on Troubadours and Rock on Tours. I can't wait to watch the this, this short film. And, uh, you know, the pronunciation. Am I, uh, I think you did it right. Did I? Vivir in La Habana. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I can't speak Spanish well, but that's, you, you were pretty good. Most people mess it up. <laughs> Thank you.
<laughs> Until next time, sir. Have a have okay. a wonderful spring and summer, and hopefully we cross paths again soon. I hope so. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Lentini from the March 1st, 2021 edition of Spin Magazine. Debbie Harry, quite possibly the most iconic woman in music, doesn't know she's an icon. It must have been 25 years ago when I spotted Debbie Harry floating down an Alphabet City street in Manhattan, clutching not a purse, but a small dog, her signature blonde lob glowing like a crown of light. Years later, I saw her in the 2000 Axis Theatre production of Sarah Kane's play Crave, a brilliant beacon in an ensemble cast. That was definitely after she starred with one of my exes in an indie short film, and also after, I think, I was lunching with an acquaintance who casually mentioned that Debbie was in the audience of her friend's 
Lower East Side play, and brought her dog along to that, too. When you live in New York, star sightings are somewhat rote, and amidst the churning hustle and bustle, you rarely even have time to report. Debbie Harry isn't someone who's seen in New York. Debbie Harry is New York. And while the Statue of Liberty undoubtedly governs Liberty Bay, Debbie takes Manhattan, her platinum torch lighting the way for all who wander with creative purpose below 14th Street. Even more, everyone knows Debbie, or at least thinks they do. Oh yeah, I know Debbie, you'll hear every other person say, and they all mean it. This is the punk sans glam side of Debbie, the one that considers herself inarguably human in spite of her accidental iconic status. The word icon describes Debbie Harry perfectly. You could draw her image with your eyes closed. In fact, when slipping through her, when flipping through her 2019 memoir, Face It, it's peppered with loving fan art, all attempting to capture the idea of Debbie, her blondie signature mop, her heart-shaped pout, her flawless face. There's a reason so many can't help but try to recreate her. It's the same with all things astoundingly beautiful. It's tempting to try to ensnare them into your net. But it'll never entrap her true essence. There are rock stars, there are musicians, and then there are artists. These are the various descriptors for those in the music industry. The latter has lost its true meaning as it's used for, well, every believe in one. But an artist, a true artist, lives, breathes, and believes in art. Not just the art they create, but the understanding that they are part of something deeply cultural and lasting. Debbie Harry is a believer. She's an artist.
DJ spinning, I said, my, my, flash is fast, flash is cool, Francois, c'est pas, flash ain't no duke, and you don't stop, sure shot, go out to the parking lot, and you get in your car, and drive real far, and you drive all night, and then you see a light, and it comes right down, and it lands on the ground, and out comes a man from Mars, and you try to run, but he's got a gun, and he shoots you dead, and he eats your head, and then you're in the man from Mars, you go out at night, eating cars, you eat Cadillacs, Lincolns too, Mercury's and Subaru, and you don't stop, you keep on eating cars, then when there's no more cars, you go out at night, and eat up bars, where the people meet, face to face, dance cheek to cheek, one to one, man to man, dance toe to toe, don't move too slow, cause the man from Mars is through with cars, he's eating bars, yeah, wall to wall, door to door, hall to hall, he's gonna eat them all, rap, chore, Mantras. 84 years and counting. My father astounds me. He just keeps existing. My mother keeps taking care of him. I wonder where they both find the strength within. It seems perhaps it is a long set of rituals and mantras and some sort of love that perpetuates it all. My mom is a Calabrisella doll.
And there you have it. Episode 419 of Troubadours and Tours with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. I'd like to thank those folks who made this episode possible. First and foremost, artist Rob Roth, our associate producer, Dr. Michael Pavis, writer Lisa Lentini, Spin Magazine, and these musical artists, Django Reinhardt, Stefan Grappelli, LCD Sound System, The Grateful Dead, The Buena Vista Social Club, Blondie, Buddy Holly and the Crickets, Terrence Blanchard and Brantford Marsalis too. And, of course, I would like to thank you for listening. Until next time, let's give it a go and do our best with this time. Take care.